Streaming May 23rd only on BET Plus. Miss Pat is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown ass family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. Dad, you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram should have asked you this off air. How are you doing? Oh, bad. For those of you who are just now caring about other people, uh, Emily lost her beloved Gracie last week. And it's very sad, traumatic, losing a pet. Very unexpected. Do you not want to talk about it? I can't. I mean, no, I could talk about it. This isn't like a 2020 interview where I'm like trying to get you. I mean, it's a pretty obvious uh, bottom of the cob. It was very unexpected. I have a little urn necklace with her ashes, and I just found a clip of a nail, and I opened it up, and I wedged a little piece of toenail in there. They did that fast. I feel like it's like three to six weeks. I know. It was, hold. it was very fast. I will say the, um, the vet was very nice. The person who I called for euthanasia, who I was on hold with for 20 minutes, which I was texting you because it's like, being on hold to pay someone to come put your cat to sleep is yeah. a nightmare. But yeah, I paid I paid double the price to have her cremated alone and not have her ashes mixed with other people. Like it's such a, it's so, it's so insane. And then I went today to pick up her new urn because the other one was not befitting her status, but it's hard. Did you tell your employer that that's what you were doing or did you lie? Today, I just left. They're not awake yet. Okay, that's fair because you're on another coast. That's fair. I just le- I just left the house. I put a fake meeting in my calendar and I drove over to Whis- Whiskers, Paws, and Wags, which is dead next to a strip club. The Your pet crematorium right next to a place called Pinups. Are you sure Whiskers, Paws, and Wags wasn't the strip club? <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, um, it's odd. It's so odd to pay for and to go there. And it's like, I would have paid any amount of money, but it still is like, here's my credit card. Can you, and I had to have them swap the ashes from the wooden urn I got for free to the $100 sleeping cat urn I purchased. Uh, and I have this like weird feeling where I don't trust that they did it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you could have put anything in there. So I'm really tempted to yes. like open it back up and look in there. And well, what are you, you going to see? Like, a dog face? Right. right. I mean, yeah. You'll never know. Don't look no. at the ashes, Emily. I think I don't need to. I looked at them enough to put some in this, and now it's been sealed back up in the new in the new thing. Will you wear the necklace forever, do you think? I don't know. I feel like it's—I like having it for now. 
but I feel like it yeah. is a necklace where it might elicit questions, and then I have to be like, this is just my dead cat. I mean, it just, it's, I'm setting up my shrine. I feel like if you're the kind of person who gets into the pet cremation business, you're probably not a dick. I, like, yeah, they might be upselling you, but I feel like those women, and it's always women, who come to the house to do it, like, all I ever hear is that they're so sweet. I know these people are like, and then we're going to fuck them at the last minute by including Dalmatian ashes. <laughs> right. Jokes I on mean, you. There's no reason to. Yeah, so it's, uh, but we're, yeah. It's, it's just been, even coming, I just came back upstairs from putting something in the sink and I looked in my room for her. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You didn't ask my advice, but I had everything of Blanche's. We had the Shiva where we gave away a lot of her stuff. You don't have as much stuff for Gracie, but I got rid of everything. Cause like you don't need to, I mean, I know that cat, I know you're still paying off that cat condo. <laughs> <laughs> the three cat trees I have. Whatever it is, don't feel bad if you choose to keep it and you do eventually get another cat. Don't feel bad about that cat using it. It's not like it's so personal. Like that's her pee rag. Like, <laughs> like be practical. Yeah, I mean, I was, the the day that we did it, while I was sitting with her uh, yeah. before the euthanasia person got here, my parents were going around and picking things up and wedging yeah. them into, they put everything in one closet and then I'm screaming I, at them like, did you take her blanket? What are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're just trying to help. And I was yeah, just at least at it. least get rid of the litter. You know, I, that's the one. I threw out the litter box. My mom's like, you threw out the litter box? You want to keep that for the next cat you get? I was like, no, I'll buy a new litter box. I said, you are so lucky with my tendencies that I didn't keep the pee litter. You know what I mean? And say, this is Gracie's pee litter. And I'm keeping, I was like, you're lucky I just threw this away. You're lucky I didn't move into it. Well, you you should have donated it. It was crusty. No, it was crusty. It wasn't, it was like, I should have gotten a new one anyway. What? (laughs) It's a litter Um, box. Okay, look. I'm really sorry. I know the feeling. It's awful. And I can promise you, all I can say is that one day you will think about Gracie and you will smile and you will not, it will not even be in your grasp to cry. It just takes time. I'm sorry. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not going to make this about Blanche, but <laughs> I get it. Anyway. I think it's pretty, it's pretty comparable. Uh, I will say people were so nice. A lot of listeners of this podcast, very kind, uh, yeah. which which was which was very nice for people to just reach out and say they liked stories about her. And you sent well, very nice flowers. And my mom has become a born again fan of yours. And won't what stop happened? Talking. Born again? She was like what do you mean born fan? again. She, she watched your stuff with me. I'd like show her stuff, and now she's like, "Have you seen this movie? Good on paper." I'm like, "Yes." She's like, "Did you tell Eliza that I loved her movie?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, oh, I can't yeah. believe she sent you these flowers. These are so nice. And I'm like, I know she's nice. I know. I guess the again is misleading, but born again Christians were like always Christian. No one's like, I was Buddhist, but then I was born again. But then you become more intense about it. More intense. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? I took umbrage and I was wrong. <laughs> I was remiss to do that. Um, can we move on? Yes. I have, I have nothing else to say without crying and that doesn't make for good questions. Well, let's talk about the fact that it is like the sweet spot of the best time of the year. Ugh. I know, because she's not there. I know, it overshadows everything. I get it. I really do. So I'm allowing you to feel this on the pod. I'm not going to be like, get it together. It's time to celebrate Kris Kringle. But it is. is, (laughs) Go ahead. Did I tell you the very sad tree story, the Christmas tree that I bought? I bought a Christmas tree for her. 
I oh spent $170 on an artificial seven and a half foot tree that I ordered you, a week before you, she got sick because I was where like, Where are you getting oh, all this money? Where are you getting all this money? I'm not. This was a stupid purchase, but I was like, oh boy. We're gonna we're gonna have our first tree in a house because you know I wasn't gonna have one in a studio apartment. So I bought right. this tree. It got delivered Monday when she already wasn't going downstairs. So we decorated it yesterday. I decided not to return it because my parents were like, we want to come over and decorate it. So they brought all their ornaments over and we decorated it. So it was, I still hate it, but <laughs> it's festive. You know what? You keep it. You use it next year. Yeah, it folds and up in three pieces. So the good news about you grieving is that you can make that pecan martini again and no one will be mad at you that you're forcing them to drink like nut flavored vodka with whipped cream. I've had the leftover like s'mores Baileys from that and I've just been making milkshakes and putting it in there each night and playing video games. Every night? That is so classic you. You're like, well, Merry Christmas to me. It's cozy and sugary. Yeah. You're going to have that bottle forever. <laughs> I have a bottle of Bailey's that I think it, I met it before I knew Noah, oh my before God. my first condo. Yeah. doesn't go bad. Or maybe it does. It's like honey. It's like the ancient Egyptians had Bailey's and it's still, it's in their sarcophagi. Mm. Unspoiled. Well, I'm finding, I love this time of year. I mean, obviously everyone loves Christmas, but in LA, like it rained recently and it's just everything. I think the cool weather makes everything a little less shitty. Like you can move about, like LA has nice weather thanks to global warming that no one believes in though it is getting hotter. But, oh God, the, um, sorry, we have a termite thing in the office. (gasps) Are they back? Yeah, and like it's creepy because you look over and there's just this like hanging, like stalactite of goo, whatever their little turds are from your ceiling. And it's like, we're here. The guy's coming today, but it's so just- Seal it Rose. up. Okay, I hate looking at that. This is this episode's not off to a great start, I'll be honest. But I will say... <laughs> it's the most wonderful I mean, time of the year. It really is. I love that it's cold and I love just existing. I find myself wanting to be out, like just to sit somewhere where there's lights and have coffee. I don't really want a sweet drink, but I just am really soaking it up because I think this year... I mean, obviously I had a baby this year, but it was just a major year. And I work really hard all year so that I can like mentally shut down Mm. for this, you know, even like a week before everyone takes their break. And like, I take the baby in the morning and we sit in the bed and play with the dog. And I try not to look at my fucking phone, which is ruining my brain and eyesight. And I'm just enjoying how mellow it is. Giving myself the permission. God, termites are so fucking gross. Well, at this point in in Hollywood, they're all setting stuff for next year anyway, right? I feel like Hollywood shuts down way before Christmas. Hollywood started shutting down 4th of July. Like things are getting canceled. People are out of the office. Like people already don't work hard and it's even less. So I'm into it. Oh, you want notes on that outline? Like see you next year. Fucking losers going to Iceland. So yeah, if you're listening to this, I'll be playing Iceland. Uh, Get your tickets at eliza.com slash tour. But now in the holiday spirit, we have the answers to the questions that are burning holes in your brains. Yes, and we have implemented our uh, email, which will make it easier to... Oh, tell them all about it. (laughs) Which will make it easier to get follow-ups, et cetera, to your questions. So you can still DM us, but you can also email us at askelizapodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't know how to spell Eliza, I don't know what to tell you. But 
This means we have questions 15 different places and I'll find your questions eventually and you're always welcome to bump them up. Yeah, so part of the reason we're doing the email is we have all these new listeners, which is great. And we're just, we're refining our answering system. So the DM was great for a while, but we're expanding, we're franchising. And we want to catch as many of your questions as possible. The That doesn't mean you have like large format emails. No, please still pretend like you're sending a DM and don't make it eight pages. Pretend you're sending a tweet, like limited old school to like 140 characters. They are upping tweets to 4,000 characters. Yeah, that's right. Because all the nutbags want to talk about how school shootings aren't real and they need a forum. Yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. Wait, I have a question. Why cap it at 4,000? <laughs> like, that's a term paper. I'll be curious to see how that even displays. Like, that's nobody's going to read that. Like, you oh. can go to a website, that's a blog. Yeah. And that's so much energy being wasted. All right, whatever. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they know what they're doing. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. Merry Christmas. I feel this situation happens to everyone at some point, but it happens to me all the time for some reason. And I'm wondering why. For many years, and as of yesterday, again, people seem to think I always work at whatever establishment I have to be shopping in. I'm wearing my usual streetwear, Vans, sneakers, ripped jeans, and a sweatshirt or t-shirt. In the most recent incident, a sweatshirt with the name and logo logo of a local brewery on it. And I was at Target, best known for their red t-shirts and khakis. So I look nothing like an employee, yet I was approached by a customer to help them. The best example is once I was staying in line at a pet store with a basket full of items, just playing on my phone, waiting to check out, and someone approached me and asked if I worked there. Is this some sort of authority vibe strong women like us give out? It doesn't offend or bother me. I'm just perplexed. Why do you think I work there looking like this? Has it happened to you? And what's a good reply other than my usual plight? No, sorry, I don't. Thank you, guys. Eliza, I haven't had the privilege of seeing you live yet, but I love all your Netflix specials, movies, and books, but most of all your snow peach. Happy holidays and happy new year to you all. No name? She's like, no, keep it, it anonymous. Via, it was via DM, so I don't say Keep the it anonymous so no one asks me where the bathroom is. You know, I don't get that. I also, is it happening more than those, just those two examples? I it think- like It's happening a lot. Part of me is like, I mean, I, I guarantee you're white just because that's the bulk of my listeners, but part of me is like, are you black or brown and people just assume something? I know that feels like a weird thing to say, but like- I feel like people of color get asked more if they work in places. I'm guessing you're white. A brewery, a brewery, I think people also forget where they are. And so, <laughs> yeah, you're in Target, but a brewery has like an official, for the most part, I bet you it's like a logo with like an oval around it, like Yard House or something. Like, I wonder if it's that. I used to get all the time at comedy clubs when I first started. Not all the time, but enough. Like people thought I was a waitress or something. However. To this day, people are always like, where's the bathroom? I think you're just asking people. I think you're in like zombie shop mode and you're just looking for someone. That is bizarre. You're also assuming these are intelligent people. And so maybe you were on your phone. Maybe your phone's in like a big otter box and it looked like one of those price checker handheld things. You know, also was the person asking you like older? I don't know. But I like that you're like, let's go off. Let's say it's a strong authority, woman authority thing. Maybe ask them, be like, curious to think why you think I, curious to ask why you work here. Why you think I work here? But maybe say like, that's so weird. I get this all the time rather than like feeling like you're interrogating them. Be like, I, people always seem to think I work places. What was it about today that you thought that I worked at this pet store? 
And they'll be like, oh, sorry. I guarantee you they won't give you a satisfying answer. I will say this. Most people get offended at that. Like the, like you think I work here. Like it is, there is something about it that is like not the best feeling. It's not like, wow, you're so gorgeous. Are you one of the models here? Mm -hmm. Where was I? It's like a thing. I feel like it's like this weird gaslighty thing that bitchy girls do. You go up to like an ugly girl at a store and be like, do you work here? <laughs> I feel like I saw that in a movie that or like a some high girl- school movie where someone's like working at the TCBY. I think some girl did it to me at a bar or a club once. They're like, do you work here? And it was like, I think it was to be mean. I vaguely remember that. Anyways, ask them next time. Be like, I don't. Yeah, actually say yes. You can check out right here. Only cash. No. <laughs> Only cash. No. That's it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. All right. Hello, Eliza. Emily, lovely, furry, snow peach and unseen, but not forgotten. Hot Scotty behind the console. I am 23 years old, female, heterosexual so far. I had my first boyfriend in 2019. He broke up with me after six months, claiming it was because he felt stuck in his job and career and needed a plot twist, had no space for a relationship in his mind, but wanted to stay friends. I should have asked for space to heal, but I didn't. And it was a bit of a mess for four months. Then I got over it. The pandemic helped as I moved back to my hometown. And he went back to his ex-girlfriend before me, with whom he lived a year and a half and had a child in early 2022. Two months ago, he invited me to lunch. I was in the city, so it was convenient. And I had no weird feelings about the meeting. He told me he and the mother of the child had broken up. Also, he gave me back a notebook I had hand-binded for him when we were a thing. It was a pretty present back then, but giving it back to me, he was very serious and told me to read it in private after he had left. The book had 12 handwritten poems about how he had not gotten over our thing. It was charged with frustration, guilt, love, and pain, three years of it. The poems are in Spanish. I am writing from Medellin, Colombia. I won't try to translate. I think it's pronounced Medellin. Yeah, there's an accent. There's two L's. Yeah. Not meddling. Meddling. I won't try to translate. Just know they're dramatic and kind of pretty. I told him next day, I appreciate the gift, but I didn't feel the same. I could offer a pleasant friendship with no other prospects. A he pleasant was, friendship. It's so polite. It'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> Nothing great. He proceeded to say his farewells and block me from all social media and instant messaging apps. So good. I should have done the same after he broke up with me. I thought the poems were pretty and I could make some illustrations with some verses. I'm an artist. I love drawing. That's why I gave him a beautiful hand-bound notebook when we were a thing. Also, the notebook is well-made with nice paper, a beautiful drawing of an anatomic heart on the first page by me as part of the gift, and the 12 sad poems on the next pages. But also, this object feels tainted with pain and frustration. It makes me feel guilty for not loving him back again. Makes me feel he is an idiot. I like that someone made love poems about me, but I hate to feel that he is hurt for it. And all that is on this pretty notebook. Also last week, the idiot wrote back saying he was feeling better about the rejection and was ready to be friends again. Imagine I tell you this with a sarcastic and painful grin on my face. I feel so weird about everything. Please shed some light on me. What is your take on this? Should I sublimate this collection of sad poems in a drawing or throw the thing in the garbage, give it back to him, or burn it in a ceremonial pyre to clean myself of this juju? Okay, maybe not that. Oh, this is Sarah without an H. No need to be anonymous. And here is her very nice heart drawing on the first page. That is an anatomical heart, Sarah. Look, um, he is a bit dramatic. And I'm not going to say you're dramatic, but you have the heart of an artist. Hmm. Like, you don't have to do any of these things. I know you were joking, like, do I burn it? Do I forget it forever? You can just stick it in a drawer and come back to it later. But you, look, this guy is expressing himself as mercurial as he is. And he's under it all. He's a guy who chose someone else, got bored of that person, 
now he's coming back to see you. And he's like, look, I made you. He may be a talented uh, writer or you might have like a little thing. I think you're a little bored. If there were another guy in your life or girl, because you said so far, I think that was this question. Yes. You wouldn't be giving this so much oxygen. You are allowing him and this to take up so much room in your cabeza. So I would stick the whole thing in a drawer. You don't have to throw it away. You want to get to a place where you're totally neutral about it. Since you are an artist and you do express yourself through drawing, like maybe it's a fun exercise, but I I would not keep this guy in your life. Mm-hmm. And not even in a bad way, just in a, like... So he shows up out of nowhere. He gives you this bound written thing. He's he's being a little dramatic, whether he's trying to or not. Then he blocks you, which isn't right. I'm wondering why he blocked you. So had he been following you this whole time? They had been like mutually like fine. Like they were okay. They didn't block each other. And then they got together. And then yeah. he blocked her. And then he unblocked her and was like, okay, I can be friends now. And right, which is point, crazy. Like, it's not like you just slept together. That's so dramatic. And it puts you in a weird position. Like- Blocking someone implies like, I love you so much I can't look or I don't want you contacting me and you're like, we're good, I'm not going to. This is too much drama. If you want to make drawings of it, fine, but I wouldn't think about this anymore. And I I would just kind of sequester this person to like satellite weird friend. You don't need this. You don't need someone that decides when they do. Like he just keeps deciding when he's not done with you mm-hmm. and he's coming back into your life and being dramatic. This guy, This guy's a pill. Yeah, I'm curious though about your take on like taking that notebook and making art of it because that is what she does, but also kind of not giving it that power. Like what, if that's... Yeah, I mean, I look like I went through a crazy relationship where I did a psychopath and I wrote a movie about it, but I wrote from a place of, it wasn't even to hurt that person. It was like, because this is what artists do. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you could kind of make those illustrations just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you would make those illustrations if it was like real, like you were crying or you loved him. It might be too hard. So you might be in that place, but whatever you do with the drawings, you don't need permission to do them or not do them. I would just, what happened is this guy will meet someone else, then he'll block you again, then he'll come back. He's bored and you're available. Mm-hmm. That's it. And he has a baby under a year old. Yeah, you don't, you, you, he should not have the time. <laughs> to do these things. And plus, like, what's the best case scenario? He makes you this dope book and you, like, take up with him and his new baby. I would also be a little offended she made the book for him and then he wrote in it and gave it back to her. Okay, rip out his poem. By the way, the poems are probably fine. What, you can find inspiration other places. I would Mm -hmm. give this very little attention. I don't even think he's a bad guy, to be honest. I think he's just a little tempestuous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's annoying me. Hi, Eliza and Co. Hoping you can offer some advice on dating. I'm a 36-year-old straight female looking for my soulmate. Growing up, I feel like I was led to believe that my knight in shining armor would magically show up one day to sweep me off my feet, but obviously that has not happened, and I was so naive to believe that way. I thought I had some time when I was younger to find someone, but my world turned upside down after I turned 21 when my mom passed. Without trying to get into too long of a story, I fell into a depression that only worsened with time and no treatment. I grew up in a family that didn't really believe in mental illness. I spent a few years after her passing staying home, trying to look out for my dad, making sure he was okay until he became engaged several years later. After he became remarried, I spent years in therapy working on myself and trying to feel like a quote, normal adult. I didn't want to get into a relationship while I felt so broken. 
fast forward to now. I'm finally in a place to try and date, but logically, I really feel the need to take things very slowly, despite my biological clock telling me I'm quickly running out of time. I'm also terrified of giving myself away to someone only to have them give it back. I'm still virgin and have never had a relationship. I wanted my first time to be with someone special, and yes, I know how cliche that sounds. I've been on dating apps for the past few months, and while I have some interest from guys, there are only a few that I've talked to, and I've only had one date. Here's my question. How, and more importantly, when should I tell any potential dates I need to think take things slowly? I'm not the prettiest girl out there, so I feel like posting my need to take it slow on my profile would only make a guy even less interested, but I really want to set expectations as I feel like guys would want me to jump into bed with them after two or three dates. I'm not trying to be a prude and I'm not saving myself for marriage, but I imagine it's going to take a little longer for me to get comfortable enough with a man to take that step. Any advice or wisdom you have would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for the last. Your comedy specials have definitely helped me through some dark days anonymous. Well, as a user of the apps, I would say- I've only done- Oh, God. But with you, I'm talking about you. Got it. As a okay, current your user of the apps, it's my podcast. Yep. I thought you were thinking. Um, I was. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, don't put it in your profile. But I think you can kind of tell when people message you. Like when, whenever someone messages me and they're like, want to come over tonight? I just stop talking to them. Because I'm like, no, you can't ask me at 6 p.m. Like that's Ew. not right. Also, like, I'm wasted <laughs> off this Bailey's milkshake. Come I, get me. I'm having a milkshake and playing God of War Ragnarok. So... I, you don't have to lay out all your cards in your bio. I think you can kind of get a vibe mm-hmm. from people and you talk to them. And if they're not cool with going slow, then you stop talking right. to them. Like this person, you've That's only right. been on the thing apps for a few months. It sounds very healthy that this yeah. person was like, I need to figure myself out before I do anything serious. And it just takes time. It takes time. Don't feel bad. I mean, the fact that you haven't had sex, I'm sure you have something going on and, you know, your work, whatever. Everybody's different. I didn't get married until I was like 36, 35 or 36, you know? So, and I didn't have a baby until I was like 39, right? Mm-hmm. How old am I? Yeah, right. 30 yeah. something, 38, 38. whatever. <laughs> Pandemic brain. Pandemic math. Um, so don't worry about that. And you're putting way too much pressure on yourself. You just present the best version of yourself. And you can say stuff in your profile like introvert, shy, like just be the most authentic you can be while still being comfortable because you forget there, while there are people on these apps, of course, this is natural. They just want to have sex and hook up and who are assholes and ghost you. There are people like you. There are people who are also sweet and kind and nervous about the same things you are. You don't need to date another virgin, Um, but there will be someone who likes you for you. It just takes time. And I know that that's an annoying answer, but you don't have to be put on there and be like, "Going, through, my mother died. I'm working on myself. Like you don't want someone that wants to like rescue you. You just be honest about the things you need to be. And as far as like not wanting to, as far as wanting to take it slow, like that's very normal. Even to go on like three or four dates and then you say to them like, hey, I need to take this slow. You'll get the vibe from the person that they're like compassionate and understanding. And the idea is you meet someone who's so similar to you and likes you enough that they're willing to kind of chill out. Now, sex is a component of a functioning relationship. You might meet someone, it's not that important to them, but you know, you're know you gonna, at this age, it's not 
if you're like, I need to wait like a full year before we have sex, like that's probably going to be really difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible. But the idea is that you would meet someone who you like enough that you would want to work toward having sex with this person. They'd be willing to wait and you'd feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Your issue is that you're not comfortable. And, and I appreciate that you're like, I don't care if I save myself for marriage or anything like that. And that's great. Because this isn't about the actual sex. This is about the desire to be close to someone. Rejection is part of it. You could have sex with someone and then they're like, hey, this isn't for me. And that is just part of it. There's no, you know, to say there's no such thing as a knight in shining armor, like they all look different. And you might meet someone who's great and you date for a little bit, you know, but just take it one step at a time because you've clearly been through a lot. Yeah. And if you're worried about the biological clock, if you have the money, freeze your eggs. If you don't have the money, I mean, figure out, is that a deal breaker? Do you want to have a baby right now? What do you want to adopt? Like, What's the, what about that is, is it just that you want the option? Yeah. I hear that because as women, all these options are available and they all start to go away. Mm-hmm. Even the option of not wearing makeup out as you get older, you know, or not wearing Spanx. Give yourself a little bit of a break and don't forget, you are picking them. Like, you're like, I'm not the prettiest girl, whatever. Look, look there are plenty of, if you're calling yourself average looking, there are plenty of average looking dudes out there. <laughs> like, this is not a top model search. So remember, they have to be good enough for you. Yeah, I guess I've told you my dream relationship scenario is that I'm Doug Heffernan and I get a carry. Yeah, so just write a sitcom and you can be not hot and get a hot wife, okay? (laughs) When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. 
And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, here we go. Hey, gang. After binge listening to the pod from start to finish over the last two months, I finally caught up. Thank you guys for all the hours of laughter and discussion of interesting conundrums. I love that you find diarrhea hilarious because I have a story of my own that is so terrible I can only cope by laughing at it. Now, I need to tell you an important addendum to this. This message was sent November prior to our most recent episode, which is called I Have diarrhea tomorrow, which I thought was so Such a funny that you said that. Um, and so th- this, just know this is part of the fabric of, of your show. I'm so sorry to tell you. Okay. <laughs> the runny fabric. <laughs> what could be better than making one of the world's best comedians laugh? It's a lot of pressure. So here it goes. A, a few years ago, I moved to Montana for some internships, but also to be closer to my boyfriend. We just started dating, but grew up together because he was my childhood best friend's older brother. I always had the hots for him, but considered him off limits. When the timing was right, it was actually my friend who set us up, so no drama there. One hot summer day, we went boating on the Missouri River with my boyfriend's coworker, who happened to have a boat. This guy and the friend he brought were all about 10 years younger, Gen Z, while the two of us are true millennials. Not a big issue, but we definitely noticed some differences in communication styles. Like it was hard to have a conversation and they didn't like eye contact. Okay, whatever. We can have a nice time anyway. Well, we were in the middle of Holter Lake out of nowhere. I felt the need to blow my hole. Don't <laughs> that. Ew. This was, Don't make it like porny. <laughs> this was super unexpected as someone who was generally constipated. So what, what could I do? What's wrong with Why are you constipated? <laughs> generally. What? What can I do but jump in the water and spill my bowels right <gasps> there beside the boat? Oh, no. I don't think I can fully convey the shame of swimming in your own shit and finding some <sighs> of it later in your bikini. <gasps> Not the kind of bonding you want to have with your new boyfriend who you've pined for your whole life in a weird group of people. My boyfriend was amazing, though, and I have to give him credit for all he has put up with. Earlier this year, we both got, we got married. We also both waited for marriage. And I didn't poop for oh. six days on our honeymoon, and I had my period. So I looked about seven months pregnant. Cheers. Thanks again. And send my love What's to What's happening? Biscuit, pink tree frog. P.S. I'm 30 white female with my master's in public health. No. Uh, they should not be giving people like you a master's in public health for You're dumping so- out in public waters. Well, I don't... Did he know that you had diarrhea in the ocean? Or is this a, a lake? A lake. Oh, and I guess Oh, he no. Knew. I guess he knew. All right, you know what? Kudos to you for finding love, for sharing the story. I just thought and you know what makes blow it blow my hole and was like... I that's that's weird. This. And what I... What's so... The best part of that story is that you're like, little bits of diarrhea in my bikini, which you know this actually happened to her because that... It's is so a detail. Specific. Yeah, for sure. That is. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> just yeah. the idea. In my head, you're wearing a thong bikini and it's just like a droopy thong just covered in diarrhea. I mean, you know I would say it's smart thinking. I don't know that I would have thought to jump in the water, is but I, may, I maybe would have swam farther away from the boat. 
Yeah, maybe not like, look at this school of fish around me. Oh, that, like I'm feeding this shoal. All right. Um, well, I guess it's not an advice question. So I appreciate just... you being confident. This is not a scat podcast. Like we're not like, oh, turds, <laughs> let's chat about it. But you know, it's great that you have someone who loves you. And I can tell, FYI guys, I can tell when you're sending in a question for a weird sexual reason and I won't read it. I can tell. So don't think that this gives you a license to do Yeah, so. quit fucking around, all you weirdos, okay? <laughs> I mean, I also think you've established a level of comfort with this person. Like, if, if, if I ever hear, if I ever fart, or if Noah ever farts, he'll just go, tight shoes. <laughs> like, as if it's your shoes making the noise. Sometimes. All right. <laughs> okay. We have any, FYI, all your email questions are so long, guys. Tighten it up, but we're going to do what we can. <laughs> Keep it tight, unlike that runny beehole in the lake. Anonymous. Okay, we have a nice message. Emily, I'm so sorry. I know Gracie Lou was your whole world. Uh, very sweet paragraph. I won't read it all and start crying. I'm a huge fan of okay. you, Eliza. I listen to your podcast and Netflix specials. Uh, my profile. Oh, she sent us this question already, but her profile was private, so we didn't get it. That could be. Okay. I am a 27-year-old female who has a master's degree, but I am not a nurse for context. Okay, that will color the way we answer this. Go on. <laughs> I have a question regarding an engagement ring. I was engaged to a guy and we broke it off in September. We broke up due to him cheating on me once before, about a year into our three-year relationship. And after I forgave him and moved on, I caught him starting to cheat again in September. Like he it was me- about to get hard. <laughs> like I was entering her and then you walked in. It took me way too long to realize it wasn't going to work. what is... Wait, what is starting to cheat? Like you precogged it or like he was Maybe texting messaging a with a girl, like let's get together. She's out of town. She's like, sir, this is the Domino's app. I can only help you with pizza related questions. <laughs> okay. Anyway, All right. Anyhow. He asked me for the ring back and I told him no because he owes me a lot of money. I just bought oh. new tires. He ended our lease, so we lost the deposit. I paid for an entire trip to Paris the year before, et cetera. Oh now God. that he's getting close to paying me back, I still don't want to give the ring back. It's not a family heirloom or anything. In fact, he's still paying it off from the jeweler. So I don't see the need to give it back. I know he's just going to sell it to make money to pay for something stupid. Since we broke up, he's only talked to me about the ring and is even bothering our former roommate, my best friend, about getting it back. I feel like this is a gift and I shouldn't have to give back a gift, right? What should I do? I don't have plans to sell it right away and I'm not quite ready to let it go. But I feel like letting me keep it is the least he could do after all the hard arc I went through. I'm somewhat close to his family still, so I don't want to be a total bitch, but also I will never see them again considering they all live in a different state. And an update, he has threatened to resort to legal measures, but I don't think he has any footing. Mm. For more context, he's living with and dating the girl he wasn't cheating on me with. So I feel like he doesn't deserve it back. And then, it's okay. 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 All right. There's Look, a little uh, more. Okay, this fine, is a ahead. saga. I didn't give the ring back. Triple update. In fact, I sent it back home to my parents, whom he lived with for a while and we were together. My dad told him essentially, if you want it, you can come get it, when he incessantly called and messaged them about it. My parents were more than forgiving to him as they continued to let him live under their roof after he cheated the first time because I oh loved God. him. And they would what? do anything for me. He did not sue me for the ring. I cut off all communication since the ring fiasco, blocked him on everything. I don't talk to his family. And he's moved back right. to his state and broken up with the girl he cheated with. No idea what happened there. I have plans to sell the ring eventually, but I live far Great. away from my parents. Parents, don't go home too often. It's not a huge priority. I was what young. Is it? <laughs> okay, I don't. We're done. Was well, on a question then? She already. Okay, we know. Hold on. Why'd you I pick was, this one, Emily? I was young and dumb when this all went down. I can hear you yeah. saying you're still young and dumb as I type this. No, I don't call <laughs> them dumb. I don't call my listeners dumb. That's not nice. 
And although I still have trust issues, I try my best to follow your excellent advice of not letting those issues affect the way I treat others, especially my current boyfriend whom I love and hope to marry. Do you okay. think I should have given the ring back? If no. so, why? Yes. No, and that you know what? That's not a question because you didn't. So it doesn't matter even if I agreed or disagreed. But it doesn't did, matter. kind of. I mean, he got it back. He did? That's not what she I understood. She gave it she... to the parents and then the parents gave it Oh, I thought it she to gave him. it to her parents. Yeah, I think to her parents. And he, they were like, hey, if you want it, come get it to the boyfriend. I don't get that he got it. I don't think that's what she's saying. All right. No, you're right. But so he never, he had it. They said, hey, you can come get it. And he's probably like, oh, I don't want to go talk to her dad and didn't of go course. get it. First of all, this is another example of a guy having like the biggest balls in the world when it comes to harassing a girl, but not wanting to deal with adults. Um, I think it's very responsible that you kept the ring because he owed you money. Now yes. it'd be different if he was like, look, I've paid you back in full. Clearly this guy has financial issues, but all's fair in love and war. I don't know legally what your footing is. I think you are allowed to keep that ring. Um, if everything had ended amicably, then of course you give it back because that's kind of a weird thing to do. But I think you're totally right to have kept it. This guy sounds like a fucking train wreck. And you were more than gracious to him. You know, if you were married, then there would have been a prenup that could have handled this. You know, there is something to say, to be said for like time and money given to someone. What you should have done from the get-go has been like, don't have the ring, sold it. It isn't here, quit bothering me. Or been like, hey, pay but, me great. back what you owe me and then give it back. Okay, but it, no, you definitely shouldn't have given it back. There was bad blood between you and he owed you money. If he didn't owe you money then I might be like, just give it back to the guy and get him out yeah. of your life. Yeah. Because I would have thought you were holding on to it to keep him close, but it doesn't sound like you wanted that. We're done with this part of our life. You did the right thing. You got your money. We're moving on. Mm -hmm. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and all the baby loves. My maid of honor didn't show up to my wedding. <gasps> oh my God. The week <clears throat> leading up to it, she had issues with childcare as her kid's dad is selfish and spiteful. She had let me know that she wouldn't be able to attend events leading up, rehearsal, rehearsal dinner, getting hair and makeup done together. I explained okay. that I understood and let her know that she would do whatever she feels necessary and even offered to hire a babysitter and hotel so she wouldn't have to worry about the hourish ride. Okay. She declined and explained she had it figured out, but was shocked that her ex was doing this to her. For being honest, I wouldn't have I would have been more shocked if he had kept his word and didn't want to play into the trend of them getting back together. He's great until he's not. When I didn't respond to her, she reached out a few days later that she's taking my silence as she couldn't come. Wait, I don't understand any of this language. I Yeah, okay. So I think she said, I'll get you a babysitter and a hotel. And the woman said, no, yeah. it's fine. And the bride didn't reply. So baffled, I tried to call her, but... When that went unanswered, I sent her a voice message saying I was extremely overwhelmed with final details and the stress of the wedding and didn't think I needed to respond. I let her know that we've been friends since we were seven and I never pictured her not at my wedding. The day of, okay. she didn't come and she hasn't reached out since. Question, do I remove her from seeing my social media profiles? While I'm not super active on social, her having a front row seat to my life after she blew off my wedding kind of unnerves me. Really, dramatic? that's the best part. No, that's yeah. the best part. Like, check me out. I know. Have fun. I don't plan on reaching out because I feel that I shouldn't have to try to get an apology, but I also feel like if she was removed, it would be the final nail in the coffin and she'd never reach out. Appreciate your advice, expertise, Jay. You are incredibly hurt. Oh, yeah. That's what this is. Because you, first of all, you're not understanding the whole purpose of social media, which is to have all your haters watch while you shine. That's the whole reason we post. 
It's the reason people send Christmas cards. I wanted to do a bit about this. You know, when people's like, happy holidays from the Thompsons. What they're really saying is, look how great we look. We're all still alive. And we're all wearing blue jeans. You're mm-hmm. looking at us. Mm-hmm. That's what social media is all about. So, of course, you want her to see that, like, hey, this day was great without you. You're really, really hurt. And you're lashing out by being like, I'm going to block her. I wouldn't do that. I think it's weird that you offered all of this and she declined and then she made it about, you know, it's a little weird that you didn't respond. Like you can be like, okay, but you were annoyed. That's what it is. You, it's not because you were overwhelmed. You have to, I hate to say own it. I hate one girl. You have to own this, own your shit. You have to fess up to the fact that you were irritated with her for not accepting your generous help during your wedding. Like the fact that I'm fucking thinking about a hotel for you and childcare for you and you don't have the fucking wherewithal to either take my help or get your shit done. And so as I'm understanding it, you offered that generously. She declined. Then you guys never spoke and she never showed up. Mm -hmm. What happened is she thought, I mean, you were saying something about the ex-husband. He probably said he would help. Then he didn't. And she was embarrassed. She's embarrassed and she feels bad and she's overwhelmed. And this isn't about you at all. It's about her. Unfortunately, this is how it unfolded. I think you will feel better if you call her. She tried and the woman wouldn't pick up her call. Then I don't think you need to block her, but you can just be like, I guess we're done with this. Like Mm -hmm. I've definitely ended friendships where I didn't have to block someone, you know, like I didn't block their number or anything. I think you would feel better if you laid it out and come from a resolution oriented place. Like in your perfect world, do you want to still be friends with her? Yeah, if she apologized, could you still be friends? Yeah, think about that. And if the answer is no, like have I done stuff like this where like one thing just ended it for sure and it wasn't right. So I think you'll feel better if you either lay it out in a kind email or you call again. Yeah. And if this woman is so buried by her own shit and drama that she can't, then she's not your friend and you're moving on and you're married now and your life's going to continue to evolve. But you will think about this for a very long time. You're hurt. That's where this is coming from because you That's love her. saying that she just didn't show up. But let her see that your is. Facebook pictures. Let her, all she's going to feel yeah. at those pictures is regret. Let her have that. <laughs> and if you reach out, don't be like, where the fuck were you? But if you reach out with like a little bit of kindness, I think you'll be surprised like, and she'll I hope probably okay. apologize. Yeah. Be like, I'm just wondering, like, come from a place if you want to resolve this, but figure out what you want first. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's weird. I wish this was more dramatic. I thought this was going to be like, she was a bitch, but this just Just sounds like she's not showing up is pretty crazy. It's really tacky is what it is because you paid for that chicken or fish option. So, yeah. Hey, Eliza, Emily, Hot Scotty. I have a holiday question. My husband and I host Christmas for a family and extended family. We do a trivia game where you have to answer Christmas movie trivia. The person with the most correct answers at the end wins a prize. Some of our family members are Jewish and texted <laughs> the me. The person with the most answers at the end gets to leave. <laughs> they texted me that they will pass on trivia this year. I don't what? want anyone to feel excluded from the holiday fun. God. Are there any staple movies that focus on Hanukkah that I can add some trivia questions in from? Or any fun trivia questions and answers you can give me to add to our trivia game? Thanks. Love the pod, Dana. Now, first of all, <laughs> it's the only Jewish pop culture. I'm sorry. I was about to make a joke like, oh, so no Jewish movies, but there's just not a ton of them. And are they like Orthodox Jews? Like everybody watches Chris. Everybody's seen A Christmas Story and Home Alone. Like everybody, see- this is an American thing. The only Jewish movies I can think of are 
trivia, culture are the, um, I learned about Hanukkah from the Rugrats and Tommy Pickles and they like do the eight nights of of stuff. Like it was like a cartoon show and they had a big like Hanukkah episode. Oh, and the Prince of Egypt movie with Sandra Bullock. Looking back at Rugrats, like the mom is a lesbian and the dad is exhausted. Like everybody's hideous. So it's, and the kid was ugly. So offensive. Um, I don't, I'm more irritated that the Jewish part of your family is opting out. Okay, they've never seen The Grinch. Like they've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. They've never seen Home Alone. Like, give me a break. This is not like Christ-based trivia. Like, what are the origins of the Shroud of Turin? Like, that 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 bothers me. I'm always like, you know, anti-anti-Semitism and pro-Jew, but this is for the other Jews out there, like, this is why. This is why you're annoying. But it falls what into that doing? same thing where you were talking about like there weren't, there's all these Christmas lights like that you feel kind of othered at this time of year. It's all the movies, there's only Christmas movies. So I could see why I would maybe like take a stand and be like, I don't want to just make your thing the default, but, but I just like But it is a movies. Christmas party. This is a Christmas, like you're having people over for Christmas. You're not having a Hanukkah party and you have the right to do that and they have the right to opt out. But Mm -hmm. it just feels like that's not your fault that there are no Hanukkah movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could also play the game where it's like Jewish comedian trivia and then, you know, the Jews will be in the majority. I'm sure there are some Hanukkah movies. Christmas is more marketable. I I just, I think there's some- Okay, you have to stop with that. Because that makes it sound like Judaism is based off like a hot Orthodox lesbian relationship. Is it not? I, I just think, um, I feel like I'm missing something here. Is this like a super Orthodox like uncle who's like, I don't want to do it? Are they regular people? Can you give us some more details? Because that feels like they're othering themselves when like everybody has seen like the Santa Claus. Maybe there's they always lose and they're pissed. Or maybe the like party hosts are like sore winners and they're like, yeah, I knew every Something, I need more details. Mm-hmm. I need more details. I need more details. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're doing new what is it called? It's not like you're doing New Testament Bible trivia. And even if you were, that's okay because it's like a Christmas party, but like mm-hmm. something's not right here. I don't think I think you're not there's something not being said here. Yeah. Something's going on. I need to know more. I need to know last names. I need to know where you live. I need to know how many relatives this is. I just please give us an update because I feel like something's being left out. Not being pernicious about it. I just think it's being left out. Okay. Hi, AI crew. Thank you so much for your amazing show. It's advice I need to hear and hilariously put so it goes down smoother. I'm a woman, late 20s, working in construction, renewable resources. I love my job, using tools, working with my hands, hurdling fears by working on roofs, learning how to operate machinery while greening up our power grid. As you can guess, my team is almost 100% male. Most days are good and I get along with them all by teasing them and telling them what to do, which is incredibly satisfying. Yesterday though, one younger coworker showed me the level of garbage she is. There were a lot of low-level homophobic jokes that get thrown around. And yesterday, after one, I asked how he actually feels about gay people. And he said he doesn't care as long as they don't judge his lifestyle. Which means he is homophobic. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> don't care what's one in my face. I want a dick in my face because I'll but, suck it. But right. Then he said when he was in school, a few years younger, he videotaped his friends jumping a guy who called one cute. My coworker said he was ashamed, Jesus. but he was laughing. 
I tried to shake it off, but it's been eating at me since. The same guy has been moody, snippy, and lazy with me around this week. My question is, what do I do with this information? Anything for me, for society? How do I stop feeling so affected? On one hand, I'm so grossed out. I don't want his energy around me. But on the other, the days are long and hard and tasks require teamwork. So showing animosity would make work miserable for me. Related, there's one other female on a separate team, but we sometimes get merged and she's gay and older. And the same guy loves her and most of the coworkers, as do I. Context, many of us just started in the summer, me being the oldest in the 19 to 29 age range. Any insight is greatly appreciated. I think you're just annoyed at a young guy being dumb. And I understand that in 2022, like that's not an excuse. I think while what he said is troubling about what they did in high school, like we are more and more living in a society where like your past mistakes, no matter how you grow, like are grounds for canceling you. This doesn't affect his job performance. I can't tell if you're his superior or if you just work with him. And I know that you don't want to spend the mental energy being like, let's get to the bottom of this. Like, let's unpack this. It sounds like he's just super ignorant and doesn't know any better. Also may not know that that lady's a lesbian. And there is this version where it's not a hateful homophobia as much as just an ignorance. Like how we all grew up calling stuff gay, while that's like hurtful if you are gay, like no, none of us meant it as it is received, you know? Um, so he just sounds ignorant. And it sounds like there's some real room for growth there. And since you don't want to make it uncomfortable and this person does sound dumb enough that he would make an issue out of it, can you talk to your superior? Or if you are the superior, you, you can call him in and say something, but... It's tough. You are working in construction. You know, you are, it's a bunch of guys like out there. You're going to go through life. People are going to say offensive things. I guess my bigger concern is like, is he saying something that's going to be actionable? Are there other people doing it? Is he just like, you're uncomfortable with it. Is there, is there someone above you that can sort this out? Yeah. It sounds like this is just kind of the environment and it's not necessarily hateful, but it's not good. But I, it sounds like, all you, what you have to worry about is yourself. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that there is. You know, like we are living in this world where it's like every single grievance is brought to light, and all it might end up doing is making it really uncomfortable for you at work. Mm-hmm. Where this guy, like, I get that in high school he did something awful. This is all also hearsay. Like, this is years ago. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying like the set of information that we're working with now is that he makes a couple of jokes that are uncomfortable around. It's not making, by the way, it like takes two to tango. There's other people making these jokes. He's not just showing up like, what did the gay guy say when he walked in the bar? It would take the environment into account, the other people fostering it. And, you know, this is sometimes you got to just sustain and make, well, sometimes you just got to sustain and maintain and go to the other end of the yard. What do you think about, do you think it puts undue pressure on the other woman if she goes to the other woman? Like, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to handle these guys saying this. How do you handle it? You know what I found a lot? Like, I can't really speak for anybody else going through that because if anybody's going to be offended, it's her. If this woman is older, chances are she has spent a lifetime filtering out this bullshit, deflecting it. And she'll probably say something like, honey, I am too old. Like, I don't care. And a lot of times as straight people in wanting to be an ally, you're wanting someone. And this, I find this with white people as well. When you're like standing up at being like anti-racist, you know, you're like, how can they say that? Aren't you upset? And the person of color is like, I have been dealing with this my whole life. 
Like, I am not surprised. Like, there's a bullshit filter that you have. Like, you're just so used to it. And so you always want to be careful to not be so outraged performatively that you're not actually helping the other person. Now, if it's truly making you uncomfortable, then you have to decide whose comfort's more important. But it might be small enough that it's like you can just go to the other end of something. And and because you don't want to complain and he's done nothing. And now you've like put this guy's job in jeopardy because he made a joke. And then he'll be like, well, what about the time you weren't perfect? So you just have to weigh these things out. And if he loves the other woman, you know, it, it's worth saying to her, like, does this bother you? Because what if she says yes? But then what are you going to do? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Or you could just say the next time he makes a joke, be like, dude, those jokes are not cool and walk away. Mm-hmm. You can say that. And, you know, try to make eye contact with the other people who aren't laughing. It's tough though, because dudes love to gang up and they love to be like, no, we all love this, but you can just be like, those jokes are terrible. Like, they're just awful. I just don't know why you'd make that joke. Mm-hmm. Or you can really try to get to the bottom of it and try to talk to him. Because sometimes, and keep in mind, especially with men, once their feelings are hurt or they get embarrassed, like that's how you end up with all of these like incel nutbags is like they were ashamed or they got hurt and now they get extra angry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, and that's why we should never offend men. I'm saying like sometimes a little bit of kindness or just talking, you can catch more flies with honey. I don't know why you'd want to catch a fly. Maybe you want to eat it. Think about it. If you make a mistake and someone yells at you, you're probably going to be a little, you're going to be reticent to hear what they have to say. But if someone's like, hey, I just want to, I just want to talk about this for a second. I think that, you know, I just want to know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like doing that. Remember, if you embarrass someone, they're not going to want to hear your side. Yeah. Embarrassed. And by the way, I'm not good with that. I'm a big hit a fly with a hammer kind of person. So I'm just telling you what would be better. It would yeah. be better that way. Yeah, this isn't what would Eliza do. That's a separate podcast. It's just ask me what you should do. And I'll tell you how to live your life. Please, please, please. Top of the cob. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day, you just take a bite, top of the cob. Do you want to start with top or bottom? Do you want to go first? You want to get your bottom out of the way? Yeah, you want to get my bottom out of the way? Get that big bottom out of the way. Go ahead, go. Definitely my cat getting cancer and being put to sleep is my bottom of the cob. It was very sudden. She stopped eating, and a week later, we put her down, and it's hard not having her here. But that's a pretty big bottom. I think that covers it. It's the worst. Now, what's your bottom going to be? Oh, man. Well, I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be sad. Mine was like weirdly personal. I am so sad for you, Emily. Um, My bottom was we were getting ready to go to a party. And I was like hell bent on like wearing my hair curly. And there's always this thing of like, embrace your curls, love your curls. And like, I just don't have the hair that I did in high school where you could just wear it down. Like I had a baby, my hair's like kind of broken. Like my hair's fine. It's just, it doesn't look great down. And I just, I, my bottom of the cob is how, and this has to be a thing that women go through, how triggering getting ready can be. Like there's that thing where you're getting ready and you have an idea of what you want to wear and you start to get ready. And then like the outfit just isn't right. And it just is a chain reaction about hating all of your clothes, your body that you were like cool with an hour ago. 
And it all starts with having this like dumb looking curly hair that like isn't thick enough to be lustrous, but isn't light enough that it just hangs. Like it's just this ugly hair, no makeup. I'm in like a turtleneck. And all of a sudden I'm like back to being like just feeling uncomfortable and like in my early 20s and trying to look nice because my mom asked me to get ready to go to like a synagogue or like a party or some event and just like never... I can never, I never feel like I've like clicked in. I look polished. Like the hair is always like, eh. And the make, and it's just, I hate how everything, and like any girl that has boobs gets this, like you have in your mind this like Nordic sleek aesthetic that every girl's supposed to look like. And if you have breasts, like you always just feel like a fucking linebacker. And I'm just like looking at myself and like, it was just really upsetting because you just want, like people don't think, like don't talk about how much just having like hair that just is can make an outfit perfect. And now it's like, okay, and how do I straighten half of it and make this fucking acceptable? Then it rained at the party anyway, so none of it mattered. For your- But just curly how it hair, all decomposes. Do you leave it to dry or do you wind up curling it? Because you have naturally curly hair, don't you? Ish. I have very curly hair and you literally, if you want it to have any, you cannot touch it. Mm-hmm. So that it will form. Otherwise, it starts to get not frizzy, but just separated. Like it's cute if you, and then like all the broken hairs are like, it's just, ugh. so I end up putting it in a ponytail a lot of times. So I don't want to deal with it. And I just hate how like mentally I can't just be, like, I don't want to dry my hair. I don't want to straighten it. I don't want to spend fucking 30 minutes under a blow dryer making it look borderline acceptable. And so it's just annoying. I know there are bigger problems in the world, but I think every girl knows that feeling where like it starts with like you try on something, it doesn't look great. And by the end, you're just like, I'm just a fucking hideous beast with ugly hair and this zit on my face that of course like won't go away. And you just feel awful. Yeah. And it's just, it happens often. Like I crumble so quickly. (laughs) Well, we've talked on this podcast that your hair is your trigger. My trigger... And I used to get it straightened. That way, at least it was straight. And like, it always curls really. I get like a tight coil. It looks almost looks like I'm wearing a little mustache at the top and all the hair is like broken from the baby. And the truth is like, I don't care. Like I'll wear a low bun and a hat out. I'll just wear it back. But it bothers me when I'm trying to look nice, how I'm just spending hours fighting. And please Uh don't write in and be like, you got to try these hair gummies. You got to try these vitamins. You got to try this. It's just sometimes... I, you can embrace your curly hair if you have really thick hair. But if you don't, like, it's not a vibe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or even long would be okay, but it's just like kind of fractured around my shoulders. Fractured. Fractured. Now you do your top of the cop. My top is definitely all the people saying kind things about Gracie. I mean, I got... I got a long voicemail from like my financial advisor who was like, I can't believe it. Just the fact I think there is something, even though it makes it, this fact makes it worse, but the fact that people knew how linked we were is, people understood that this was a massive like shift in the earth. It matters. Yeah. So it It helps to have people. Yeah. People have been very nice. I love that. Yeah, even my mom was like, oh no, Gracie, a cat that none of us have ever met. Well, you don't know if she existed. I still don't. Um, yeah, it does help. Other people's love helps. Um, my top of the cob is the realization that, you know, like there's certain things you just need. Like some people are like, I need to be by water. I need to be in the mountains. I have a need to be 
in gorgeous spaces that don't have to be my own. Okay. I've realized, like, of course I have taste, but I don't really have an aesthetic. Like some people you go in the house, they're like, everything is heavy, wrought iron, Spanish, Catholic. Some uh-huh. people it's like, it's French, it's garden, it's Louis Fourteenth. I don't really have an aesthetic, but what I do love is interloping in other people's worlds. Like I want to visit your house in Cape Cod. I want to sit in a beautiful hotel lobby. I think that's why I'm so obsessed with coffee shops because I have this like spiritual desire to interlope and sit in other people's spaces that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like that feeds me. And I and then I go home and I have my own, but I just enjoy being in other places. And I think that's why I like traveling and cute things. I have this desire to just exist in your house or your space or your vacation. And then I come home and I'm a bit of a blank slate. I'm very minimal. Yeah, I mean, your house is very like clean. Yeah, I think I will spend my life not having like a hardcore aesthetic, but I will love existing and getting to play different parts. Like, okay, get to go to Martha's Vineyard and I'll be that. And now I'll go to New York and we're all black and we'll go to San Francisco and I'll carry a Patagonia with me. So I just like that. I like being an interloper. And just seeing what other people got going on. I just like it. Feeds me. That's my top of the cob. Folks, 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 look, you know what makes a great holiday gift? Uh, tickets to see me in Las Vegas at The Win. Classy. Which is such not, it's so not a classy word, but The Win in March. Tickets to see me in Iceland, Iceland, uh, in January. And then tickets to see me, I'm not suggesting you go to all of them, but you know, be a, be a real fan. Tickets mm-hmm. to see me in Australia and New Zealand. Aotearoa in uh, in February. And what can they grab for their stockings? You can grab all things aside. And if you really hate the art of reading, I do narrate it on Audible and you can get it there. But it is a great stocking stuffer. It is a very fun read. That is the mm-hmm. big feedback we're getting. And we're very proud of these things. So, you know, support your local comedian. Come out and see me on tour. We got a big tour coming up for you this fall, but grab your tickets while you can for the smaller shows, not smaller shows, for the non-tour shows. Uh, it is new material, and I'll see you, and, and, and that's what we do. And, you know, remember, it's almost Christmas. Streaming May 23rd, only on BET Plus. Miss Pack is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown-ass family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. <laughs> you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pack Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. <laughs> to sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.